Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh my word, God is so good. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'll tell you what, I love the Lord. I love being redeemed. I love living for him. I, I love even the hardships that I encounter along the way because when I have set my heart, my eyes, when I walk in the way of the Lord and I suffer in hardship, I know that they're not pointless hardships, that they won't be fruitless hardships, but they are hardships to grow me and mature me as a believer, drawing me ever closer into the presence of God in this life and strengthening my faith. And that's what I want to talk about today is faith. Now we're going to uh, take a look at a portion of Hebrews and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, preface this with, with saying that although whoever broke down the Bible into chapter and verse, and, and I really don't know, I guess I should, uh, I like to know these tidbits of information. I believe I probably read it somewhere how that evolved. But whoever broke down uh, the Word of God into chapter and verse, because remember, it was not written this way. When, when, when Paul or John or James or Matthew or Luke or Moses or... Uh, 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 Ezekiel or, or any of them when they when they wrote their portion of the written word of God whether they were writing a book or they were writing a letter or they were writing a prophecy they did not write it chapter in verse when Luke composed the gospel of Luke and when he composed the book of Acts these were simply comprehensive written communications to a single individual. Do you understand that? He wrote it to a single individual. He didn't write it, the gospel of Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Chapter 1, verse 1. Dear uh, Theopolis, I believe it was. He didn't, that's not how he, he penned it. There was no chapter and verse. This was added later. And it's a great tool for us in learning the word of God and referencing the word of God. The drawback to this is we tend to interrupt the flow of thought because we'll focus on, for perhaps we'll focus on a few verses. And it's so easy to sometimes take them completely out of context. Or we'll read a chapter because, you know, we are the super Christian. So we read a chapter every morning and a chapter every evening, perhaps even a chapter at lunchtime. Uh, but we end at the end of that chapter. And sometimes, uh, like where we're at here, it interrupts the flow of thought in what was being penned. Now we're going to look in, in Hebrews today. Um, the, uh, the sometimes referred to simply as Hebrews, sometimes the letter 
uh, to the Hebrews, sometimes as the epistle, uh, Hebrews the epistle, uh, which simply means letter. Um, and it was it used to wa be widely believed that it was written by Paul, although they didn't know exactly who wrote Hebrews. It's now believed it was written by perhaps Barnabas, um, but more uh, likely as one of the followers of Paul later after Paul's days. Um, Hebrews was written in the latter half of the first century. So... Um, Jesus died somewhere between 30 and 34 AD, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, Paul died somewhere around 60-ish AD. I forget exactly when it was. I think something, uh, for some reason, 64 AD sticking in my head, but I, I don't quote me on that. Um, Barnabas uh, died uh, a handful of years afterwards. John died somewhere in the... Uh, 80s or 90s AD um, so it's commonly believed uh, nowadays that Hebrews was composed by a follower of Paul all right just to kind of establish a little bit of historical background but let's jump into this and what we're going to do is we're going to go because we're going to talk about faith so let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 but we're going to roll all the way down to verse 32 and I want to pick up what we're speaking because we're going to actually target uh, chapter 11, but we want to pick up that flow of thinking that was going on as he entered into the next chapter. So the author writes in verse 32, remember those early days after you had received the light, meaning you'd receive salvation, when you endured in great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Stop right there for just a moment. Let's clarify something. For most of us, particularly in the Western church, in, in Europe and America, um, this unfortunately doesn't quite apply to us because we gave our life to Christ. We really didn't have to endure much conflict or suffering. We didn't have to be exposed to, to very much insult. Rarely were we ever persecuted, or rarely do we find those who are persecuted. Um, and rarely do we get the privilege of standing side by side with those who were so treated. Uh, we didn't really, we haven't uh, had to suffer um, prison for our faith. Um, we haven't had to have our property confiscated. So these are these are concepts that that are outside the realm of our of our in the Western Church our normal um, uh, faith, our normal experience in faith. But we can empathize with this. We've read stories. We've we even just reading the Word of God, you read about them. So we can we can develop some kind of empathy uh, of what this suffering um, and the, the enduring of this suffering was. So let's pick back up at verse thirty-five. So do not throw away your confidence; it will be richly rewarded. The author is saying, 
hey, in the beginning, you gave your life to Jesus, you were on fire, you were supercharged, and, and most of us have experienced this, haven't we, that we're supercharged, we're on fire for the Lord. Um, and then as we grow in time, it kind of gets mellowed down a bit. So what the author's saying is don't throw away that first confidence. Don't, don't cast it away. Uh, so he says in verse 35, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and not delay. And by, but my righteousness, one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. He's quoting from the Old Testament here. Then he picks up. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now, understand the faith he's talking about and I'll just go ahead into verse in the chapter 11 verse 1 now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see how many of us have memorized that particular passage of scripture we use it in our prayers we'll preach it to somebody who's struggling um, somebody who's weak in their faith weak in their walk with with the lord um but understand what's being said here because faith is a confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. What the author is saying is faith isn't that I know that God is true, so I hope this comes to fruition. This isn't faith in what you want from God. It's faith, it's a trusting confidence in what God has said. It's a trusting confidence in the character and the nature of God. How do I get this? Uh, jump down here to verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is possible to please God. Uh, excuse me, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Understand this, faith is when God speaks something, whether by his word or he speaks to you um, in your spirit, he speaks to you in your, your, your uh, communion time, your prayer uh, uh, communication time with the Lord that, that uh, which you should be practicing on a regular basis um, speaking and listening for the Lord faith is knowing that when the Lord says something it's going to happen no matter what the circumstances of life look like no matter what people say no matter what Aunt Susie says no, no matter what mom or dad say no, what, no matter what mama or papa said Faith 
is knowing that when God speaks, whether through his written word or he speaks through his Holy Spirit in you, that what he says is true. Remember, uh, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went. Why did he obey and went? Because he had a reverent fear of God and he believed God. Think about it. Be blessed and be the blessing. Hallelujah.